Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast, co-starring 10-year NFL veteran and Super Bowl champion Will Blackman. Tim Dwight watches it hit, bounces, picks it up at the 10, slips a defender. Football! The football! It's up for grabs! It's covered in the end zone by Will Blackman for a Green Bay touchdown! And now, here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. Welcome to another coronavirus episode of Buker and Friends. Actually, Buker and Blackman, subsidiary of Buker and Friends and part of the United WeCast Network. It's been a while since I've been able to say that. I'm Rick Buker. You can see me on FS1. You can hear me on Fox Sports Radio and you can read me on Bleacher Report. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buker. And you want to check out the Instagram. We're under new management. Uh, I'm a lot of places. He is Will Blackman. He's a lot of places too. Also known. No, just just the wine MVP. That's the only place you can find me. Only place you need to find me is the wine MVP. Well, there you go. Okay, <laughs> he's only in one place. He's the wine MVP. He's also for uh, Super Bowl champ, former NFL vet, and we're back. We're live. We're here in the coronavirus universe. I haven't spoken to you in in quite some time. And so it's good to catch up. First of all, how are you doing in the, are you, are you coming out of the uh, hibernation? Are you still sheltering in place? Where are you in that? Yeah, I've been pretty much four locations that I go to. So I either, either obviously my home, I go to my in-laws. Um, I go to the wine shop once a week. And then I've been doing uh, private training at the fields so one-on-one training for kids i've seen plenty of that uh with nfl guys i saw that throughout even when we were supposedly in lockdown mode now how is it that nfl or even football players just in general 
were feeling like, well, we can maintain social. Is social distancing really maintained when you're working out? Um, I can only speak for myself. And in my case, it is because I don't need to be. This is a situation where I don't need to be hands on. I don't Uh need to, you know, physically move you this way or you don't have to hit me or anything. You know, if anything, it's where we're playing catch. We're wearing, you know, wearing our football gloves. And I do, you know, sanitize all the equipment before and after use. Um, But, yeah, we're never we're never close. Um, The first when I first got back out there and started training, I was, you know, wearing a mask. And then um, eventually, you know, it it just depends on like if the kid is coughing or whatever, which I haven't had a kid who wasn't feeling well. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I can coach from afar. Have you been tested? No. So I did the test because they're now providing them free up here. I imagine they're you're down in in uh, Southern California. They're free down there too. Uh, it's it's the drive through takes I don't know five five minutes, maybe ten minutes. The whole process for anybody's all Corona for anybody. All you have to do is no, go antibody antibodies or Corona. Oh uh, no, this was Corona. So this this is the. Uh, the Q-tip up the nostril. Okay. This isn't a blood test. And I was struck by just how easy it was, how efficient it was, and can't help but feel like we wouldn't have done, we wouldn't have had to hibernate as long as we did if they had just jumped on this and provided this. There's South Korea, Germany, there's a couple of places that, that got to it quickly. Obviously, those are smaller places geographically with fewer people, so I don't know that we could have done it that quickly. But we haven't really done it on a national basis up to this point. And I feel like that was that was a miss on our part in getting that done, that we could have uh, we wouldn't have had to endure what we've endured if, if we had taken that approach. I, I just they hand you the Q-tip through the window along with a tube and you swirl it. You kind of push it up into your each nostril uh, until you get some resistance and then you got to swirl it. It's going to, your eyes do water. Um, and by the, you know, by like the sixth or seventh swirl, you're like, okay, I just got to get the 10 and then get this over with. But basically you do that and then you're done. You put it in the tube, close the tube, you hand it back through the window and done. And I just got my result yesterday and I, and you're uh, obviously sick. I tested, yeah, I'm sick in other ways, but not with the, not with the Rona. I am, I tested negative. So Anyway, I was just curious, and uh, I was just amazed at, at how relatively easy and seemed functional that it was. Uh, but the other the other thing I wanted to get to with you, simply because we're in the midst of protests uh, over uh, George Floyd, uh, the death of George Floyd, and people suddenly coming to the fore about Black Lives Matter and racism in our country and doing something about it, and I've been... I've been quite frankly, I've been amazed at the number of people who have uh, have turned out. I think it's nice to start there, but I wondered for you um, as you watch this, not just as a black man, but a black man in a uh, with a white wife and kids of of mixed race. Like, what's it been like for you watching all this transpire? I think I think I see a lot of positives just in terms of. Uh, it's good when people have emotion followed by an action. 
And I initially thought that and when when uh, Trump was first elected, because I'm like, okay, there's a majority of people who are not happy and they're going to speak up about it because they're just, you know, fed up. And I'm like, okay, that's the, that's the positive about him being president is like people now feel a certain type of way, you know. And then there was a period where there were people who were not afraid to come out and say how they, how they felt about certain races. So it's like, okay, now we know who's who because everyone's speaking up, who, mm-hmm. you know, in, in that regards. But it's interesting because I, I did talk to some family members who, who fought this fight before, you know, even before in like the 60s and what have you. And even they just didn't have a, a legit answer of what to do. Now, in terms of going out and speaking, yeah, yeah that's, I think that's great. We need to speak. We need to protest. We need to go around and, and, and really use, use our voices. But, you know, it, me, I want to know, okay, what, what is the actual, what is the action plan that's actually going to make things different? Yeah. So I, I'm having discussions with former players. I'm talking to, you know, the elderly in my family. I'm talking to this one, one guy I know. He's an attorney who's actually with, with the fam- with the Floyd family who I actually known for a while. He, uh, he's based out of Minnesota. And yeah, it's just a matter of like what what the plan, what is the plan? And what 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 have your conversations with him been like? Do, I mean, do what what's the plan, or what's what is what do you anticipate going forward? Right now, I mean, the biggest thing you can do is like I said, continue to use, use voices and continue to vote for the right people in place. It's it just it's such a crazy situation because you know I had a talk with a buddy today, and especially if you're in a you know place where you have you own a business you know you have there's all kinds of permits you have to file for mm-hmm. and you know you have obviously the post of the fire department and you get the plumbing you get electric all this stuff and then say you have you know say your building has like a restaurant or something like that then that's entertainment so then you have to get permits from the officers from the police and there's just there's so many political things that can go right or wrong so it's like okay you can have a building and you could have voted for some person who's in favor of defunding the police department, and right. then all of a sudden you're trying to you're trying to get a permit for your restaurant, and it's taking forever. I feel like my wife and I we always get along with people who have a rough past, you know, who have a rough history of, of life, just because I feel like okay, there's something in there that's really good, but but we also understand why they are the way they are. You know, you see a kid who's really mean to everybody and at school a kid who's you know goes about his own way foul language but then you go look at his home you're like okay yeah well this is yeah this is why he is the way he is or it's not right but i understand same thing like i'm not a fan of like i said destroying places but i totally understand because peaceful protesting usually doesn't go well meeting it's like, yeah, come out there, stand in front, put your fist up, protest, and then guys, go about your business so we can continue to do what we're doing. But now, we're we're in the streets, fist up, making noise and breaking stuff, and it's like, listen to us. We're we're frustrated. Listen to us. So, interesting, man. I've been I just been thinking, 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 and um, you know, I have I have donated to a couple of legal defense funds and what have you, and contributed in that way that help you know fight the good fight and what have you but it's just interesting man how did you get to know the uh floyd uh attorney uh, i've known him for since 
since 2012, I think it was. Um, I think he used to, he's an entertainment attorney. Hmm. And he's just based out of Minnesota. So I've I known him for a while. I didn't know he was actually with the family until a few days ago. When the Drew Brees debacle came out, or Drew Brees said what he said and then got the backlash that he that he got and then has done what he's done since. Like, how do you, how do you view that whole episode? It's funny because I always pinned him as one of the most likable players in the NFL. Um, it's like, man, how can you not like Drew Brees? I just feel like, you know, he does well with his family. He helps. He showed adversity when he got, you know, released from the Chargers and then didn't get signed by the Dolphins and had to start over in New Orleans and then help bring the city together, bring them a Super Bowl. And just every year just plays very well. So I just thought he was, I, I mean, I still think he is a really, really good dude, but I think he just, he just missed the mark. I know he came out and apologized about everything, but he totally missed the mark because the, the biggest cry out is when it came to Kaepernick, he is not kneeling to disrespect the flag. It has right. absolutely zero to do with the flag. It's, all it is really, you know, it's the last sentence. It's justice for all, which he originally sat down for. He sat down for the anthem. And he was he was suggested to, like I said, like everyone has said, by Nate Boyer, who served, that for a fallen brother, we take a knee. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's, the, that's what everyone's been trying to say. And the narrative got changed to you are disrespecting the flag and the military troops. Like, how is that possible when he is, when he was suggested, it was a suggestion from a, a veteran to do so? Because he was like, man, I don't, can you not sit down for the national anthem? We, we would take a knee. That's why he thought he thought it was disrespectful to sit down. He suggested to take a knee. So that's the biggest thing is everyone flipped the script on Kaepernick saying that he's disrespecting the flag. And everyone's like, that is not what it is. I don't know how people can keep fighting and keep saying that that's what's going on. So for the fact that Drew Reed came on, that's, and I was, and usually when I see a clip and a soundbite, usually people just see that they see the headline. They don't read it. They just go off and comment on it. Right. They don't, take the time to actually listen and read. I'm sure you probably were a victim of that before mm-hmm. um, oh, when, yeah. you, when you put something out. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, let me, because it's Drew Brees, let me actually listen to it. And maybe if he was misquoted or something, and he probably did say that, but maybe he said something else. And when I did hear it, I didn't hear anything about police brutality. And that's, I was like, damn dude, he, he totally missed the mark here. You know, now I'm not going to call him names like everyone else did, but it was like, damn dude, like you, you, you totally missed it. So I get how he came back and apologized about it, but it's like, man, that's that's been the whole beef since day one. Yeah. You know? I mean, I he's do, doing images of him kneeling with his teammates. Yeah, I do give him credit. I do give him credit that he just he didn't just apologize, uh, but that obviously the president tried to join forces with Drew Brees. And, and, right, and, and it made it worse. And And then Drew turned around and said, hey, look, no. You're wrong. You've you've politicized this, and it's wrong. I thought I give him credit for for standing up to the president, trying to put them on the same side of this issue. So Roger Goodell comes out with his statement, which was also a a turnabout and somewhat surprising, considering the previous stance. I suppose the cynical me is looking at it and saying. Until I hear some owners 
step up other than Shaw yeah. and and make right. a definitive statement and choice and and basically do what Drew Brees did as far as backing up the the president and and you know separating themselves I'm not going to completely buy that the NFL has made this transformation because they're the ones who really have the power to make change. They have all the power. Yeah, especially, man, if you, especially when you're profiting off of African-Americans, you know, it's like, come on, man, you know? Yeah. It's, especially, you know, and then it's tough when Vic Bangio came out and said what he said. It's like, oh, dude, you, you got to be kidding me. You know, he, and he and apologized for that, too. It's just, it's the, the, the picture is, can't be any more clear than it is. Well, and that's yeah, as, do you, as easily. Can you help me exp- understand? Because look, I never played on an NFL team or an NBA team. Yeah. But, but being around the sport and growing up, like I've always known the deck was stacked. I've always known that there was racism in this country. I've always known that there's racism in professional sports as much as people want right. to deny that that exists. And so... What I don't understand is why how anybody who is in the sport, who is in the game, who spends any uh, amount of time would be oblivious to that. Because I, I would have to think that Drew Brees on some level is oblivious. I, look, I don't think Colin Kaepernick did a very good job. I don't think he intended to become what he became. I think he... He left. He created a lot of confusion about what his ambition was and his point. And the subject is so important that you have to you have to be double buttoned up so that people can't pick you apart the way people did. People were able to take what Colin was trying to do, and they were able to di- distract and divert. And and Colin, in part, allowed that to happen because he he was not as uh, his game wasn't as tight as it needed to be to be able to to, to ch- create change in the way that it appeared that he was trying to make change because he allowed people to hijack the narrative. And he lost me on, in a number of places with that, but I never questioned his cause or the reason that he right. was fighting it. I never, I, like, I never questioned that. that you, I, you know, people who would try to pretend like, this is just about he wants to get back in the NFL or he's not very good or like it was like no dude it, like what he's what he's trying to bring attention to is a legitimate issue right but i this is what i don't understand will is like how anybody like we, we if i'm sure you had guys well i imagine you had guys in the locker room i can't believe that Drew Brees is the only guy that was that oblivious well you know what his was tough too I agree with you in terms of Kaepernick was truly is truly doing something for the right reason. I don't question his motive at all. Correct. And no, I either. think I I think what was tough is like you said, once they changed the narrative on him, he didn't speak up as much as I as I wanted him to because mm-hmm. I once again I like to know what's the plan. Like I will I will fully support and back you yes. like in terms of what's the plan. And I don't want to just walk the streets and donate money. Like I want to like be involved and get information. So I don't. You'll never see me really speak up a lot about political situations because I don't have the information. That's the only reason why I'm mm-hmm. not a person where I'm not going to say, "Oh, it's not me," so I'm not going to say anything. That's never the case. If I have information, I'm all about it. 
Right. If I'm educated on the topic, I'm all about it. And I think what was really tough, and I believe, you know, if, if you do anything to the, to, the, to, to the Shield, you do anything to any NFL team, it's like they hold it forever. Yeah. And going back to when, you know, his girlfriend made the slave reference about Steve Rashadi and Ray Lewis, I mean, that was a huge setback. A huge setback. That didn't, that's not going to help anything in terms of what's going on. And then also, too, they decide to lawyer up and sue the entire league. Right. And he never, you know, and he never so, responded. He never responded to what his girlfriend put out there. He never so responded I'm, to I'm the not, pig socks. Not, he never responded to the Castro it, shirt. So I'm not saying like, okay, he's not, he's not wrong with feeling how he feels, but I just feel like there are other people speaking more than he was yeah. for my personal preference. Like I want to hear him be outspoken, more outspoken and, and say stuff where I'm like, okay, this is true to the plan. And once you, once, like I said, you do something to the owner, you do something to the league, you do something to the shield. You're going to find every reason not to. Right. I fully, I appreciate and I respect your position. I believe that, that we should have it with all athletes, which is, I'm not expecting you to take a political stand. This is what bothers me. Like every every time something happens, we got to ask LeBron for his opinion on it and put it out there. And he, and I think he feels obligated to have one. And I'm like, it's okay to say I no, don't but know. He, no, but he no, but he but he he is obligated. He wants that because he is the voice and the face of the NBA. That okay. league does not move without him. Okay, but when you do and that, he, no, but he no. No, and he know, but he knows that and embraces. Just like when he didn't win the MVP, what did he say? The NBA, the NBA knows what I do for them. They know what I do. Understood. But in much the same way, if LeBron wants to be a spokesman, in the same way, Colin became a spokesman, whether he intended to or not. He never dismissed that. He never, he never said no. I, look, I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to do my camps. Know your rights, camps. But don't look to me as a spokesman. He accepted that he was being viewed that way and he was willing to be on that platform. Once you do that, much like LeBron, you better be educated. You better know and you better have a plan. And I feel there are times where LeBron speaks without truly understanding everything that's going on. And his voice and his platform are too powerful to be caught out like that because now it allows people to distract to undermine what your initial purpose was by saying by by dismissing you or by attacking you as opposed and then and that's that's their way of dismissing the subject that you want to have addressed have you had to have a conversation with your kids about this in any form so i actually spoke to our son this weekend about what's going on and, and he, you know it, 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 the timing couldn't have been any more perfect because you know third grade is around the time you start doing reports like geography reports nonfiction stuff and he did he had a report earlier on rosa parks hmm. uh which was which was interesting because he was so he couldn't believe like people were the way they were you know and then he and we had discussions during those times and then also he uh, did a report on George Washington Carver as well. So we already we had discussions already just about, you know, racism and what have you. And he's he's aware of what's going on 
uh, we got just briefly, and he knows. But you know, I I started giving him just my personal uh, experiences. You know, he's going to be ten this year, and I told him ten years old was the first time I ever sat in a cop car. And you know, raised his eyebrows. He's like, "Wow, really?" I was like, "Yeah." He said, "What'd you do?" He go, "Well, I told him my father just bought me a brand new 21 speed mountain bike. If you got 21 speed at 10 years old, you're living the life, right?" Yeah. And I remember I took off, took off in my driveway, gone down the street. And then you know, cops chasing people all the time. And so I remember I heard, I saw a cop hit his siren, and I'm like, "Damn, somebody's about to get in trouble." And as I'm riding, he's tailing me the whole time. I'm like, okay, there's no way he's tailing me. And then he speeds ahead, and then he cuts me off at the corner. And he jumps out of the car, and he says, get the F off the bike. And I'm like, I asked him, I said, what did I do? You know, I'm confused right now. He was like, he said, you need to get the F off the bike right now. So I got off the bike. And then. He takes my bike and puts it on the back, on the bike rack in the back of the car. And he's like, he goes, get, get, the, get the F in the car. And I said, once again, I said, what did I even do? He, and he just shouted out the top of his lungs, get the F in the car. So I ended up getting in the car, and I'm still trying to figure out. I'm asking him, like, hey, man, like, what's up, man? Like, you, you got the wrong person, blah, blah, I don't know why. He, he wouldn't even tell me why he was pulling me over to, and told me to get in the car. And so I, I remember, this is the craziest thing. As I'm sitting in the car, trying to plead my case, I look outside the window, and there's a guy, uh, a black guy drove by the opposite way. It was in slow motion, and he gave me the hush signal. Basically, like, you know, just be quiet. Huh. And it didn't make, yeah, it was crazy. Cause I didn't really understand then, but I end up understanding now why he said that you know and it, yeah. and it was it was for so end the story basically he um drove me to this location which is ways away from my house and he um somebody apparently had their bike stolen and you know there were some kids that were out there and he's like if this lady identifies you then you're done it's like you're going down with them you're 10 years and, old Oh, dude, it's crazy, right? And so the um, so I get there, and the lady doesn't recognize me, but I knew the kids. He said, if these kids know you, you're going down with them. And so the kids knew me, and I saw one of them. I read one of his lips. They're like, oh, shoot, that's Will, you know? And and I was like, yeah, dude, you know? But he didn't say it out loud. And the next thing you know... um. They asked, the cop asked the kids, and the kids were like, no, we don't know him. So he let me go home. With your bike? With my bike, yeah. So you had to ride home from this undisclosed location. Did you know home. where you were? Uh, from uh, Yeah, I knew. It was you know a small area, but I was still across town. And this was in but Rhode Island? To, Rhode Island. This is, I, this is like a two-hour situation. I just want to go around. I just want to ride my bike. And I got yeah. snatched. I mean, snatched up as if I robbed a bank. Yeah. And I'm 10. And I told him this. And he just couldn't believe it. I was like, yeah, dude. I said, honestly, as a writer, I've been stopped. I've been either stopped, pulled over, questioned, put in a car. I'm 35, maybe maybe 50 times. No way. My whole life so far. 50? 50, and, but 50 no, no, listen, times. Listen, listen. And never, 
and never gone to jail. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. What does that tell you? Man. What does that tell you? That is never. Ins- I have been stopped. I've been stopped, pulled over, questioned maybe fifty times, and never gone to jail. It was usually, it was just wrong place, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Like I told him one time, I went to this corner store, came outside, and I bought chips, and I sat down in the corner eating chips. And the cop comes over, he goes, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Dude, I'm, I'm just here eating my chips." What? what how goes, old were you, you then? Be- I was probably like thirteen, fourteen. Again in Rhode Island. Yeah, Rhode Island. Okay, yeah. you're eating chips. Yeah, and he's like, "What are you doing? Like, why are you standing here like that? Like, why do you look like that? Like, maybe I had a maybe I had a scowl as if he maybe thought I was plotting. I don't know. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like, it's but to me, I wasn't I wasn't like terrified or mortified. It was just weird, you know what I'm saying? Just because it happened all the time, so it was just kind of a normal thing. It didn't happen all the time to me. I'm saying it happened all the time to like my friends or what have you. So what happened to me? I was just confused. As I was saying, for me to be, ten- I can't imagine my son right now going back and forth with the cop of like, why are you taking me off my bike when it's my bike? Yeah. What did you, you tell know, your dad? When you- had- what did you tell your dad after the fir- that first incident? I don't even know if I even told him. Still, I don't. I don't recall if I ever did. Did he ever talk with you at some point, like you had with your son? Uh, he kind of, he really didn't need to because we just lived it. Yeah. My son, my son doesn't, he doesn't live, we don't live in an area or where that happens often. You know, it's, you know, he, I was going to say my next point was as I got older, you know, I, I ended up getting passes, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, I started scoring touchdowns. I was a star player. So, you know, it's Will Blackman. We know who he is. And then even in high school, you know, I went to, you know, a pretty prestigious high school and some of my friends, their parents were state troopers. So, okay, I got away with stuff. My dad was a correctional officer, so if they knew my dad, then they, you know, yeah, which was a rare, which was a rare case that never happened. But, and then, okay, I go to NFL. I'm in Green Bay. Green Bay, everybody knows you and your mom. So if I got pulled over in Green Bay, they're like, hey, man, like, don't speed. We need you this weekend. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So I got a lot of passes in certain ways, but um, – it's interesting in terms of like the whole narrative. Like every day of my life, I try my best to. I try my best. It's just a way of life of changing narratives. Like if I see an old white lady, I purposely make sure I am very kind to her because I don't know, she may she may be feeling a certain way about African Americans, and maybe my experience will change her damn mind. Who knows? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I I'm just nice. I'm courteous to whoever, and it sucks that I, you know. Yeah, I have to do that, but I just feel like, man, how else am I gonna? How else can I represent for, for how we are, you know? Yeah. To to let the lady, I don't want to walk by a lady and her being fearful because of my skin color. So, so I gotta be, I gotta be nice. So having had that experience, first at ten years old, and then being 
you know, confronted 50 times at least. How how did you come to terms with that? And because you don't strike me as a as a bitter person. Uh, you, I, I don't know. There's just there's there's a, a goodness about you, and I and I get the sense that you see the goodness in other people, or at least you give them that that opportunity. How were you able to maintain? And maybe and maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe <laughs> maybe that's a misconception no, on my part. No, because, but that's the impression no, I have of like, you. How did how did you ma- how did you maintain that in in light of being treated so unfairly? Well, like. You mean like don't have any business towards officers? Yeah, or just, I don't know, white people, the world at large, the way it's shaped. I mean, it would be easy yeah, to become very, to become no, very be negative easy. if, if in, in experiencing no, that. I would think it would be it would be easy to do so, but all that all that stuff you learn it from somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Everyone everyone is not how they are. For example. Mm-hmm. Like when I w- when I lived in Canada for that one month, I was in the CFL. Mm-hmm. I swear, like those are the nicest people in the whole world, man. Like, I mean, they were old. They were old white ladies rushing to open the door for me, <laughs> rushing to open the door. What? I was so appalled. Cause, oh, it's crazy. Or there was one part, one point where I was, you know, around a lot of people, and this old white guy comes up to me. He's like, "Hey, will you mind taking a picture of me in front of this Lamborghini?" I looked around. I was like, "You want me to? You want me to take the picture?" He goes, "Yeah." And I'm the only black dude right there. This guy had to be like in his early 70s for me to take a picture of him next to a Lamborghini, and feeling good, like, "Okay, there's no way this guy's gonna run off on my phone." Like, not worried about that at all. Right. You know what I mean? But I guess that everyone is. I Rhode Island. Number one, it's a melting pot. Number two, it's like everybody's different, man. That's just what it is, you know. And I. I, I never be like, oh, that's okay. That's just what it. No, I, I just like you said. I'm more understanding of of who's who, what's what. Like I said earlier, like okay, if I know, if I see somebody who's t- totally irrational, who's you know, just a mean person, da da da, and then I look and I see like why they're like that. I actually take the like you said. I do have the capacity to understand why they are like that. Hmm. Um, to there's always a. For for behavior, there's always a deeper meaning, and I know a lot of people yeah. who became officers who were nobodies in high school, hmm. so they end up becoming cops, hmm. and therefore, and they get they get into a fight or fight situation, and they end up doing something ridiculous, or they end up abusing their power. Now I know people who were who had really good integrity, who were really good people, who decided, man, I want to protect and serve, and they protect and serve. Yeah. I can stop too. Like, hey man, everybody all good? Yeah, okay, how's your how's this going on? Hey, blah blah and just have a quick conversation. Mm. You know? I, I remember I, I used to go to this track over here and run on the track and the cop was there and he would stop him and hey, how you guys doing, man? Hope all is well, da 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 like see how we're doing, just pull over and it's just a nice dude. Like it's just certain ways to go but like if you honestly just treat people positive, it it'll be really cool the response that you get. Yeah. Yes you know and no, but but that's the thing is that yes, I believe no, in that. No, 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 no. But it's not no, foolproof. You still I'm, have the you have you still not, the people. No, who, it's still it's not foolproof. But it be, it's different when it's different when 
you're passive. You know what I'm saying? Which means when you're passive, you, it means like I'm willing to listen or I'm, I'm not, I'm not coming with aggressive anger. Now, if I come, if I'm passive and you come aggressive, then okay. Now there's a situation, but if I'm passive then it already, I'm already setting the tone. Like this is, this is what it is. Right. You know what I mean? And like I said, I've been a cop drove by and will say something and be like, Hey man, how you doing? Good. Really cool. And then it's super, super cool about it. Or other ones like, Hey man, where are you going? Like, what kind of question is that? You know? Right. Right. That's what I mean. Like there's two ways to go about it like that, you know? And I, and I had both situations and then, you know, in terms of not being bitterness, it's like, what is that going to do to me? Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's the same way how it was in the NFL. And my, I have every, I feel like I have every reason to be bitter towards the Redskins hmm. because I felt like I worked my ass off to be in position to be the starting safety there. But no, instead they go and, you know, they want, they sign a bunch of people. They, they bring in DJ Swearinger and, give him the leadership role. You know, they really want Stuart Craven to be the guy. They sign David Bruton and, and pay him. They, you know, the last preseason game comes in. They want Steph McClure to play a lot. Like, they keep trying to find all these people to play when I'm like, dude, I'm more than serviceable and I play all the positions and I start it and I help us. I helped us get to the playoffs a couple of years ago. You know what I'm saying? I know I'm not a perennial all-pro all, all pro player, but still. Yeah. But they just kept figuring ways out, figuring ways out, figuring ways out. And I know, too, okay, if Scott McCoolin was still the general manager, I would still be there right. because he's the guy that signed me. And once he, once he was gone, I knew, I knew, like, what was up. Right. And the crazy part about it now is that not just me, but none of those safeties I named are there. None of them. You know what I'm saying? Though, like I said, last year with the Raiders, um, they were like, hey, man, you look. they worked me out in London. They say, you look great. One guy gets hurt, you're up next. One guy gets hurt, they sign somebody else. Hmm. Am I going to be bitter or mad at that? I, have, I feel like I can be, but what's that going to do to me? Nothing. Yeah. It's bad for business. Yeah, that's one fair. thing I never, ever done, one thing I never, ever done, I never burn a bridge. Never burn a bridge. You know? I just, it's like, for what? What's it going to do to me? So did they did they not did, did they not sign me because they didn't like me as a person? No, they thought somebody else was better. It is what it is. Who do you credit with that attitude? Probably my father. Yeah, I I would say my dad and my grandpa who passed away uh, 2011. My grandpa told me a story. He said he used to work for this uh, this white guy, this white man, and he asked my grandpa to drive from Massachusetts to New York, which is about almost three hour drive in a blizzard to go pick up his family and bring his family back. My grandpa was inside livid. Like he's, it's going to take him two days to get back, pick him up in a blizzard and bring it back safely. How did they, how did your, how did your grandfather know this guy? He worked for him. Okay. He worked for him. And so, Grandpa goes, he picks up this, picks up the guy's family. It took a long time. He brought him back and the guy thanked him so much. Uh, I think he gave him a raise and then, you know, send them, send his family on a vacation wherever they want to go, hmm. you know, and he just, and just, this, I just don't see him how he was. He was really, everyone liked him. Everyone did. He was cool with everyone. 
because he was able to, I feel like when you're able to find, like I said, the deeper root meaning on why somebody is the way they are, then that's where it makes more sense. You know what I'm saying? Where you may not like the way it is, or you or you may like it. And I go, I always use the kids analogy because, like I said, everything is taught. We have a kid who, you know, people call him a bully. They think he's this way or that way, and then he comes to our house. He's the sweetest kid in the world. <laughs> you know, one, you know, maybe they know I don't play that, but still, he's the nicest kid in the world because he has that ability in him. Yeah. But then he gets other environments and feels a certain way, like he can be a certain way. So it's just um it's just interesting you know with with all that i i feel like and that's that's why like i said me and my wife we're, we're able to understand how certain people are just by understanding the deeper meaning of why so i never just i never uh get bitter or because like i said it does me that is a waste of energy for me to get mad and hate everybody or be bitter towards whoever you know my first football coach was a cop, for crying out loud. <laughs> Your first Super Bowl cop? I mean, Super Bowl coach? My, my, no, my first my first coach in tackle football was a cop. Uh-huh. The, actually, the team was owned by cops. And my dad was a prison guard. Right. You know. Interesting. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, very interesting. That's what I'm saying. It's, uh, well, how, much, how much do you think that your dad being in law enforcement of a, of a form um, shaped your view or you're open-minded to us. Did it, does that have, does that have a factor at all? Do you think? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I no. So I think what, no, I would say what did, what did factor in this is that my dad actually, um, he saw people like that too, because I remember when we would be out like out in public we'll see a guy who used to be in prison and he would come up be like, Hey, Mr. Blackman, man, Will, yes, your father is, is one of the nicest guys I ever met. You know, he, he was respectful. He didn't treat us like this and that, like your, your father, Wayne was just awesome, man. And this is somebody who my dad watched in prison. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that happened. I mean, it happened all the time. We would get our dinners interrupted and I'm like, dude, why are these people coming up over here to just to say, Hey, and say thank you for being. I was like, Dad, did you guys, did you slide these guys cigarettes or something? Like, what did you do? That's <laughs> you know wild. Yeah, so they were just really cool and nice. And also, too, so my dad um, was friends with this attorney, and he actually created a flag, an adult flag football team of majority of the inmates that he represented, or the former, you know, the, the guys he represented, let's call them inmates, the guys he represented. And I actually looked up to those guys as football players. <laughs> that was like my that was my first vision of a football an adult football player. Oh yeah, I mean it was I used to go to these flag games and I used to you know make the Gatorade for them and I honestly idled them and want to, and want to be like those guys. And these were the prisoners. They were all good. I would just say just former. They he represented them if they got into any legal trouble. I don't want to call them inmates, but. Um, but those guys were in and out. Okay. Oh, so but this was the time when they were playing. They were they, you weren't going to the prison to watch them play. This was when they got out. No, no, they were already out. Yeah, they yeah, were already I out. You. I got you. But you, you know admired them. You admired um, them as athletes. Yeah, but they were also good dudes because they were super cool to me. They would come over to our house and hmm. play with us and play games. My dad would 
have more for cars or food or whatever. Like it was super. Wait, 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 wait. You know. So these are former prisoners that your dad guarded, and they got out, and they would come no, over to the house were, and. No, I'm saying this is different. They, my these guys, my dad probably didn't see some of them in prison. My dad actually coached the team. Okay. So it was a flag. It was a professional flag team owned by an attorney. Okay. And my dad coached the team. Some of these guys were really these guys were good athletes from whatever the high school college days. Who, you know, some of them did have a record or what have you, but they were good people. Got you. And my dad was always able to see the good side of people. Got you. Well, I will say this. This is what um, opened my eyes. I watched uh, the documentary uh, 13th by Anna DuVernay. And 13th, sorry? No, it's just 13th. 13th, 13th, it's on Netflix. Highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah, I know what that is. Yeah, yeah. But it basically talks about how the prison system and incarceration became. Uh, the replacement for slavery. And it gave me an entirely different perspective on uh, the incarceration. I always knew that that, that uh, black men are incarcerated at a far higher rate uh, than, than white men in the U.S. But I didn't understand that it was another form of slavery and, and initiated that way and and that basically being labeled a felon created the same sort of enslavement to the system in that you couldn't vote you're going to get difficulty having a job like it 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 uh it enslaved people in the same way that the the actual slavery did and how intentional it was i i i didn't make that connection until i watched that and it was it was profound and so Right. I, I you know I often looked at I mean it's inherent for me <clears throat> to look at someone who has a record has a criminal record and and I think this is uh, you know I don't think this is being white I think it's being human you know a part of me goes well they must they must have done something wrong like nobody nobody has a criminal record without having done something wrong now it may not be to the level that you know they might have been penalized much harsher um i believe that but they must have done something wrong and now i look at it and i go yeah maybe maybe not maybe not maybe 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 you know listen, to your experience when listen when when brian banks got out of prison yeah uh the football player who got accused of rape at long beach probably when he got out of prison he came he he started training with uh where i trained he trained with me first um and it was just crazy just to hear his story. How it was all wrong. Huh. You know, uh just yeah, to your point. Like it's it's a they call it, it's a systematic thing because it was built the way it was built. Yeah. And it has not been reworked, it has not been changed. It's like this this these are the rules and and they were they were built by different people. Well and it was and built intentionally. Intentionally, for, for that's what I'm saying. Yes, exactly. Brian right. Banks, but by the way, having played for the Falcons, right? That Brian Banks. Brian, well, he he had like a he went to training camp with the Falcons and the Seahawks. He didn't really actually play a uh, year, but he's the one that 
um, got falsely accused of rape and then went to prison for like, I think five years or something like that. Right. Just for the girl to come out and say that she lied about it. Right. Right. That was, by the way, that, that was, uh, the, what was it? The California innocence project. I think they made a movie out of his. They no, they did make a movie. I think he works at league office or did, but it's, it's crazy, man. Just that yeah. whole thing too. Yeah. Just, man. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's, it's, but that was, you know, I, I felt like I've always had a, a clear perspective on that. The scales are tilted without question, but the, I think the the alarming part for me is that it's been purposeful and consistent and like almost a weird sort of evil brilliance to make it that way. That's right. That's the part. Like I just thought it, you know, it was just simple, stupid. You don't look like me. I, you know, and so you're different than me and I'm going to do for mine and I'm going to keep you at bay. And, but it, but it's the, the, it's been, it's been far more intentional for decades right. than, than I it's ever like you fully realized. Is that you guys can let, you guys can live, but we're still in control. Yes. Yes. And we'll see. And that's why I mean, people, that's why people are, that's what people it's systematic, you know, it's systematic thing. Right. It's like we can say what we want, right. but at the end of the day, there's something in the system that we need to fix. Right. And that, you know, to bring us full circle is why when I look at the protests right now and I look at the number of people protesting, there's certainly a hope there that there's enough people that are going to vote and utilize the power of the majority to push things in the right direction because I do believe that the vast majority of people in the in the country want the right thing to happen but it can't end here like now kind of now the real no, work it, has it, to be done you have to harness this right. and then put it like put purposeful things in place in order to make sure that there aren't more George. It's not even more George Floyd's. This is the part I wanted to actually start here. The most amazing thing for me is the George Floyd episode had been happening routinely all over the country for decades. Like it, that's not an extraordinary event. And the only that reason that, right? no, that wasn't, no, no, it has been happening for decades. But that was an extraordinary event. That was easily an extraordinary event. How so? Have, the like only said, the only thing extraordinary about it is the fact that they got it on tape. Yeah, I'll, yeah. But that's what I mean, though. That has been witnessed. Exactly. But, know, we're not but talk, I mean, we're not, we're not we're not talking about we're not talking about like Emmett Till. Like I'm not talking about that. That was that's extraordinary. You know, mutilated right. like right. adolescent's body. I get that. But that was a clear sign. I mean, that's, that, that could have been more symbolic than what everyone's fighting for is like the government has their knee on their neck. Right. Even right. when you pat, even when you're dead, even when you're dead, still sitting there, hands in your pockets, not giving a damn. Right. But for eight it's, and a half minutes over, over, over a counterfeit $20 bill, meaning the situation, the situation wasn't that, wasn't that serious. Right. Like I said, that, that, that could have been a questioning. You got four cops. Like, what's he going to do? He's going to take you all on. Right. So it was kind of like, okay, you know, the, the Aubrey thing, when the kid got shot, that was going for a run. Um, 
that obviously and then Breonna Taylor so many things that were going on and this was kind of like this was it you know especially now you have you have more people with voices you have more uh, athletes who feel like they have they have a reason to say something they have uh, a place you have influencers you have all these celebrities who now have a voice thankfully with the social media platform well, everyone everyone you, feels like they want to how much do you think it's the power well, of you have athletes black athletes who have financial independence and have the ability to say it like no, I because I like, see a lot of people I see a lot of people who don't and I'm saying it doesn't matter who you are everyone is using whatever they have I'm not right, right now I'm not even talking about paralysis I'm talking about just people in general yeah People in general, you know, the real deal people who are handling it. Athletes, yeah, athletes out there doing a thing, walking, you know, spending money. Matt Ryan, you know, is donated 500 grand. He started a thing for Atlanta, and he started with 500 grand, you know, which is which is great. Everyone's doing that, but everyone everyone has a a, a role, no matter what it is. What know? do you think about Michael Jordan's hundred million? I think it's cool. I think, you know, once again, he's, he's late getting into the game, which is great. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And which is, which is fine. And that's my whole point too. Is like, I, I hate when people are, are shunning and feeling a certain way. Like, okay. Oh, now you want to protest. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, why not? Let's, right. let's do it now. It's like, if you're playing and you're on the team and you didn't have any fans before and now you're winning and now you got a bunch of bandwagons, come on bandwagons, the more the merrier. <laughs> Okay. I'm with the you. more the merrier. It doesn't matter. Like everyone, everyone, let's go. All hands on deck. Yep. You I'm know what I'm you. saying? And and like it's like I said, Michael was Michael was moved, and I'm sure he was like, okay, we gotta do something. Well, let's commit. Let's commit to this. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Like I said, every all hands on deck. No matter what it is, if you're gonna if you're gonna walk and protest, walk and protest. If you're not gonna walk, then donate or do both. Right. You know it. It or continue to post videos when i talked to emmanuel out last week he was like hey man i said what's the plan he was like let's i don't know he said but he said what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna try to educate the people like that's what i want to do who said this I to, try you? to educate emmanuel Acho. Oh, okay he said i'm gonna try my best to educate people that's that's right now that's what i can do with my platform right yeah. now is try to educate and then yeah he put that video out that got like 10 million views right now i mean it's in oprah's hands and ellen's hands and mm -hmm. jada pinkett everyone saw this thing you know that's that's what he's doing. Yep. You know, so yep. is that you can you can move and speak out. A lot of people like to speak out. I'm not really big vocal like that. I I said a little bit, but I like to move. I like I move quietly. That's how I do. You mm -hmm. know, like when Obama ran for office, uh, you know, I was on the campaign. I never told my friends. I never told my family. I told my uh, my my aunts and uncles or my grandpa because he was on the campaign. So I was basically on there. the only person that really knew about it was. Uh, Bob McGinn reported in Green Bay because he saw on public record he saw my name because if you if you donate it's public record you know um, hmm. about about that stuff so he only he knew gotcha uh, so all right good stuff Appreciate man we made up yeah. for lost time we'll end it there we'll end on a <laughs> on a positive note uh, uh, thanks for thanks for joining me again for those. Uh, who enjoy the podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get it. And if you want us to do something for you, send a screenshot of that rating or review to at Buker Friends and you will be eligible to win some prizes. 
next podcast. I don't know. Maybe we'll even try to get Ryan Hollins back on the podcast. That would be fun. We'll see if we can make that happen. But certainly there's a lot going on, and we will cover it in the next podcast. In the meantime, for everyone out there, please stay safe, please stay sane, and thanks for listening. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.